Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We met at a brunch uh, and we hooked up in the bathroom. You were seeing It was a brunch at a house. It was a brunch at a house. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? This week, we have Jeffrey Self, and I am pinching my gay ass self. I've wanted him on the podcast since the podcast was a podcast. I have been a fan of his, I mean, truly since the beginning of my gay time. You know Jeffrey from Search Party. You know him from Jeffrey and Cole Casserole with the brilliant Cole Escola. And he is starring in the movie Spoiler Alert with Jim Parsons coming out. And you need to listen to his new podcast, Breakfast Buffet with Cole Escola. I have to say that this week, of course, has been really shitty and i want to take a quick second just to send all of our love to the people in colorado springs and really all that we can do i think is be gay as hell like be our authentic queer selves and be super loud and super proud and if you were at a thanksgiving meal this week and at all you feel squashed by any person i think we gotta go loud and we gotta go fucking proud I'm really excited that with all the toughness of this week, I got exciting news that Gay Ass Podcast is doing a live show. We have been booked for a show in January. It is January 19th in LA. I'm, of course, going to be posting all the details as soon as tickets are available. But I wanted you to be the first to know that it is happening January 19th. It's a Thursday in Los Angeles. And I know we're going to sell it out and just have an incredible time with incredible guests. So with that in mind, let's be gay as hell and get into this episode with Jeffrey Self. I ask him about the new podcast with Cole. I ask him about doing a movie with Diane Keaton. It's called Mac and Rita. I ask him about every fucking question I could get in with the hour we had together. Follow the podcast at Gay Ass Podcast. And listen, we're going to be taking a break for a few weeks right at the beginning of December. So there's going to be a few more episodes before the season break. And then we're going to be launching season three, the third year of this podcast, right around that live show, January 19th. I'm sending you so much love. I'm so grateful that you are here, that you are queer. And I hope you enjoy this app. (laughs) 
I'm honestly taking a second to just breathe in this moment because Jeffrey Self, I'm not just saying this. I've been a fan since Jeffrey and Cole cast a role. Oh. I've been a fan of every episode of Jeffrey Live. I'm a search party oh, girlina. Thank oh. you so much for coming on That's a Gay Ass Podcast. Jeffrey Self, pinching my gay ass right now. I love it. I'm so flattered and I'm so happy to, to be here. Um, I'm also happy that you are as old as I am that you were around when we were making the the Jeffrey and Cole I'm actually casserole. devastated to be as old as you are because you I literally googled your age about three minutes ago because I was like he has done so much and it is such a gay trendsetter you were doing the videos the straight to cams way before any faggotrini was doing that and you're like two and a half years older than me like maybe two we were we were yeah we we were we were at the beginning of of the straight to cam movement, if you will. Do you feel uh, me and Cole? Do you feel annoyed, bitter, pissed? Yes. <laughs> to have done it before you could make money off of it? Of course. Um, Your TikTok creator fund would have been buying you uh, a house. I know. I think about it all the time. Because like we so we were I was making videos. I started making videos in like two thousand seven i think with i was i first started just doing vlogs about american idol at the Mm -hmm. time um i think they're all off the internet now because there was a moment where i was like we could we could mute these we don't necessarily was this like the fantasia barino era or what what were you really fighting this would have been whatever i was obsessed with david archuleta who was finally out and at the time he was not and probably like 15 so i my obsession i was also like 17 i was gonna say um, i just posted about david archuleta and all the confusing feelings i had in high school but hey can we give him snaps for finally coming out all these decades later i'm so happy i was just watching an interview with him um cameron i forget his last name interviewed him on queerity cameron sheets i love yeah he's such a sweetie and it was such a i was watched a little bit of the of the interview and he was very charming but um david archuleta is so sweet i mean he grew up like so fucking religious. Of course it took him a second. Of course it did. Can like, you believe all the Mormons? Speaking of all the David Archuleta gayness, now the Oh my god. The book the of Mormon gay marriage now, thing today. I know. So like full Mitt Romney protecting gay marriage. What in the world? And I was just listening to who was on Mark Marin yesterday? Oh, I was listening to Elizabeth Banks on Mark Marin from a couple days ago. And she, I guess, like casually has a house in, in Utah. Because she was like, "Well, I like to ski." I was like, "Okay, well, that's yeah, how, that's that you also you're crazy rich." But um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, she was talking about she was listening to the radio, like a Mormon radio station in her car when all the Roe v. Wade was starting stuff was happening a few weeks back with the Dobbs decision, and she was saying that like the Mormon people were having like a true enlightened debate and like support in some ways of wow. of being pro-choice like wow. everything about it is so confusing that we're now in a place where like are mormons gonna be evolved more than everybody else i'm so confused. well here's the here's the thing that i find they only have the choice of that because they are seeing how many people growing up following the rules are like deeply mm. troubled and i feel like if the trend continues like any mormon person uh, granted i don't know a million but like i do i am friends sure. with a couple people who yeah. grew up mormon and are gay and yeah. just like all of us they're fucked up but dare i say a little more 
Yeah, I think a little more. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have to wear special underwear, it's really going to fuck with your head. And then go on a, a gay trip, man. trip to a different country go on a with trip. a person of the same sex and not jack off with them. Sure. I mean, I mean, the, what's that? There's that Mormon porn site. It's really hot. Oh yeah, it's like called. yeah, yeah, like Mormon Mor- boys, Mormon boys, yeah. Some, it's something like that. I find myself when I watch a religious trauma porn, it's sometimes I'm really mm-hmm. in and sometimes I have to get out because I get uh, it. But but I but if it's a doctor, I'm all in. Do you how did, did you grow up religious? Jewish, but like not, you know, Judaism is not really mean yeah. to the gays, but I I feel like no. my religion I grew up with was like hairless straight white jock that made me yeah. feel very sad to be hairy gay Jew. Totes. Where were you growing up? St. Louis, Missouri. Sure. And so then you've got like Western religion. I don't, yeah, I guess because Missouri is Midwest, not Southern. Exactly. I'm always very I'm very confused by what Missouri is. It, it like can a, be confused. I do I I do receive questions. I think there are enough cornfields for it to feel southern and enough homophobia and racism for it to feel southern, <laughs> but then yeah. uh, you, you get a lot of let me scoop pastures um you're walking Yeah, your yeah, dome, yeah, you yeah. Know, there's that. So there's you've got that. that trauma as well. Yeah. Remind me where did you grow up? Georgia. Oh, my husband's from Atlanta. What part are you from? I grew up in Rome, Georgia, which is like two hours northwest of Atlanta. And that is the south. Yeah, it's the south. Like we're like an hour from the Tennessee border. We're like 40 minutes from the Alabama border. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene lives there in my hometown. Oh, you win. Baby, you win. But that's why people say, didn't you see that thing going around about like, why are people funny? It's just like trauma, trauma, trauma. I think that you, I think, would you equate some of your brilliance and humor to trauma? Yeah, I think so. I think like more, more, yeah. I mean, yes. And also like out of my, I got out of Georgia very young. Like Mm -hmm. I left basically at 17. Like I got, I came back for like a confused four months at one point when I was like 18, Mm -hmm. but I got the fuck away. And I think that I would not, I mean, yeah, I mean, the trauma is like what lit the fire to like get the hell out of there. You know what I mean? That's how I, that's how I felt about, I went to NYU for college and I wanted just uh-huh. to subconsciously, cause I wasn't out yet, go to the gayest possible place. That wasn't totally. my upbringing yeah. spot. And you did it. You went to NYU. <laughs> and I fucking did it. And then gay by May, which for me was gay two months before, going to nyu sure, and then sure, i made out with sure, my first sure. boy within about two and a half weeks um, not until college though no i re- i mean i was like fully afraid and um could not by the time i come out it had been a few months before i was supposed to go to college and there just wasn't i just didn't know any gay people that were out or down to clown yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i wasn't like out or i mean i was out ish in high school to like to peers and stuff but like not to like my family or anything and i would find you know hookups and stuff on like do you remember xy.com oh of did course you have, did you ever do was xy was xy before d list i think so i was just having this debate with somebody i think it was because xy was the one they had like a magazine it was like geared yes. toward people our age yes like, it was kind of like supposed to be for like gay teens to be able to find each other but like with that came the creepiness of like you know fifty year old men trying to find exactly. gay teens. Um, but you managed to find people that you hooked you, up with, uh, yeah, and like AOL chat rooms and like 
I think Adam for Adam was yes. a big thing then. Adam for Adam was one of the only only online hookups I ever had. I, I've told this story many times. My my parents put the fear of God in me about having any sense of sexual enjoyment at sure. all because they told me I would, <laughs> of course, get HIV and die. But um, yeah. I never had the strength to hook up with anyone but i definitely did have phone sex via aol chat rooms with men in their 40s and 50s and they thought i was legal spoiler yeah same i did so much of that like i I mean i also like would hook up with like full adult men like in real life and you would meet on the the internet and i was like fully 16 i mean and i'm not gonna say that you I am going to say that you probably looked pretty young at 16 because I... I look very young at 16. You, you looked um, young at 26. You still look young. That's nice. I, but that, I, I, yes, I, I, I was fulfilling something for these gentlemen that is um, troubling to quite think too much about. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like getting out of all that and getting away from the South and uh, getting to New York and all that was like, you know, I, I I think about like who I would be if I like had stayed in Rome, Georgia. Oh, I don't and I do think, that. Like, I don't do that. Like crystal, I think it would just be like crystal meth and probably dead by now. Like I mean, like I can't imagine a world where it would have gone well. <laughs> it's know? either crystal meth or death. So I feel like the options are not, honestly not yeah, on the menu. Not, great. not the menu I'm looking to order from. Lovely experience. Yeah, <laughs> but we made it. Um, we made it to our gay, fully formed selves, and yeah. it would be against my gay faggotrini podcast arena mm-hmm. religion to not ask you about breakfast buffet with you and fucking <laughs> Cola Scola. I listened to the first episode. It is so fucking funny and Thanks. not only is it written by you two but the conceit of it is so stunning of you being these morning show hosts i mean larry shed and diane denise uh, kitchen it is I, so fucking funny and i think you are again ahead of the curve because i'm gonna see now every other gay person do 18 minute episodes of the f- trying to be as funny as you and they're gonna fail but they might monetize it more they will monetize it more because we're both both myself and Cole are terrible at that. Um, I, uh, I I really appreciate that you've already listened to it and oh, that have. you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm so excited about it and I'm so proud of it. And um, you know, me and Cole, uh, you know, as you know, we worked together. We kind of like got our start together back in like 2000, from like two around 2008, and then for about it was only like three or four years that we were like working so intensely together because mm-hmm. we did all the videos and then we did like this like thing for logo and then we did all these live shows and then um we both sort of started to get like acting opportunities and i at that point was pretty sick of new york mm-hmm. and came out here to la and then it, we kind of just had to not work together anymore because we were in separate places um so anyway long story short we've been wanting to work together again and do something we sold a pilot last year to hbo max but then hbo max merged with everybody else right. and everything fell apart which was a bummer and so then we were like well now fucking what and then this summer we were like podcast and originally we were just trying to come up with an idea that we could just like, you know, like people can just like do a podcast and they like show up and they just turn on a mic and then the two of them talk. And then it's like, they make all this money and then they like go and tour the country and you're like, wait, how did, how are they doing this? This is not fair. Um, and, um, so I, um, 
originally that's what we were trying to come up with. And like, we just like couldn't come up with anything that we could just like, or that wasn't already done that we could just like ramble about, you know what I mean? And then we kind of started to play around with the idea of this morning show thing. Cause we used to do these a version of these characters that we do on the podcast now in a sketch on Jeffrey and Cole casserole. And it was mm-hmm. like our, our favorite thing we would ever mm-hmm. do. And, um, so yeah, we finally were just like, let's just fucking do it. And we are making it ourselves. We're not like doing it with a network or anybody. And, um, we made six of them. Cole came out here in September and stayed with us. So stayed here um, in this very room. Wow. And um, wow. And and we wrote it and came, you know, kind of figured out a bit more what it was. So you did the breakfast buffet retreat, and then six yeah. episodes were born, and the rest is history. And yeah, yeah. We also did a retreat in Fire Island in July, where we were really trying to... That was when we were trying to come up with the podcast, where we could just sort of like show up and not really have to do much sure. work. <laughs> and then all the ideas we came up for, came up with there, we like a week later talked about them, and we're like, these are terrible ideas. <laughs> like, this is not... Oh, I Again, thought you were going to say that you were in Fire Island, so you were too busy getting your holes plugged. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a little busy with that as well. <laughs> Be real. I spent I spent so much time on Fire Island this summer. I was there a total of six weeks. It was spread what? out. But I but was there a total still, of six weeks. Spread out or not, that much. is a long time to be in that environment. I, it is. I had a. I have a friend who has a house there, and so I was only supposed to go for ten days. But then one other trip got planned before that, and then I got to be there in their house because they were out of town for a week yeah. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. by myself. That's what all you by do. myself. That's what and I do. didn't see a soul. I didn't. I didn't socialize. I just. I got up really early every morning, took the dog to the beach, then hung out by the pool, read all day, and would like make dinner and watch a movie. And then get up and do it all over again. I didn't like for that week. I didn't like. I didn't like party. I mean, I had a couple boys over at times, but like, I didn't. I was I was very well behaved, and then I also had like very you know wild party weekends throughout. But um, that it sounds was like the fucking dream. Honestly, I'm manifesting that uh, for my yeah. Future. Have you you've been you've been I've you, been, you, but you, I haven't done any lengthy stay. I went when yeah. Matt and I, when my husband and I were living in New York, and I was too young to. A, appreciate, B, feel yeah. confident enough to be woven into the fabric of it, and C, yep. didn't stay long enough to do enough things. But now that I am where I am right now, I think it would be a much different experience. Um, yeah. I do want to let you know something that I love so much about Breakfast Buffet is the the audience reactions that you place into it. I, I would say that <laughs> yeah. the audience reactions are to Breakfast Buffet as New York is to Sex in the City. It's like, it's the, it's the third or fourth character do you know what i mean i absolutely agree i absolutely agree <laughs> you can make things that aren't that funny so much funnier by audience reactions i right? love an audience reaction i think and that's what's so beautiful about i think podcasting is that when i first had friends make a podcast truly 12 13 14 whatever however many years ago yeah. i was like this is so fucking stupid we have the radio for a reason and then now that it's becoming what it is it's like no cole and jeffrey need to have a scripted podcast with audience reaction after audience reaction that's very nice i i'm glad we have one and i i like how short it is but it, we didn't intend for it to be as short because but we just like that's how it turned out. Yeah. And like, and then we were, then we were like, oh, we could write more. But it's like, 
Mm, more work? <laughs> no, thank you. It's a no for me. Um, I do want to ask you a question no. about you, because I'm really, um, I'm trying not to fangirl so much, but I want to ask you like for genuine advice about something. So you and Cole had a pilot that probably had a, a frustrating and with all the HBO stuff happening. Yeah. What did you do to like mourn that? Because I re- recently revealed like very recently i had a huge career upset um that happened four days ago and so i am uh, four days ago yeah like i the 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 elevator pitch is that i got a book deal i wrote the book and um was about to promote it next month and then the um publisher laid off almost half of the office because of the economy and my book is owned by them because they came to me with the concept and now my book will never see the light of day <laughs> oh my god i found I'm out so like on sorry. monday thank you but i i you know i'm just like for someone who you know i i your career is is, is so exciting and huge and i aspire to follow in your footsteps and so like what how do you move forward after you have like a uh, gut punch like that oh god i mean i've had and continue to have so many gut punches. I mean, that one though is pretty intense because it's so complicated because them owning it. That's horrible. Do um, you, um, do you give yourself like a certain amount of time to be sad? Yeah. I mean, I am like a very, I'm very like a depressive and I'm very susceptible to like real manic depressive periods that are very low so Which i think it's what every creative person has if I yeah say totally totally but i i mean it depends on the thing i i definitely got better at it um it's definitely something that i feel like i constantly am working on like uh in therapy mm-hmm. and just like with friends and stuff but yeah i mean it depends i mean i've like you know been up for like a big life-changing role quote unquote before that came down to the final moment and then i didn't get it and then you know for like three weeks wasn't getting out of bed you know um and i i will say that i think i've gotten to a better point of like one thing my therapist always talks about is like setting that timer kind of thing that you just sort of suggested of like okay well we can do this for a day or a week mm-hmm. or an hour or whatever your your limit is and wallow 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 but then like d- does it mean that like at the end of that you have to like go back to life as normal and like on to the next thing but like do that and then you know um read a book that's going to be you know that's actually good for you yeah. or you know like the next thing you do doesn't have to be the next giant amazing thing that's going to change everything and turn it all around but the next thing you do yeah should just be something that makes you feel a little better you know um and then and then slowly get back into it you know right but the reality is that like that's fucking shitty Mm -hmm. and like you're allowed to like mourn that and be depressed and angry and all those things but also know that you've been angry and depressed and hurt by something that happened before and that went away and like i mean it's so trite to say that but like well that's what my uh, therapist i had for many years said that 
what I really used to feel that I've worked on is that the emotions last forever. And it yes. turns out they are very temporary, but it's so hard to feel that in the moment because, of course, totally. my fear is that I will never accomplish anything else. Anything again. Yeah. I, you know, of course. And, and you've got those voices in your head that are telling you that that's true. And like, you know, if you're like me, it's like, you know, for a long time, those were the voices you listened to and that guided you. Mm. And the and skin and that doesn't i mean you can get better at recognizing those voices as bullshit but they don't go away and, and like, it's also recognizing which survival tactics were only serving us at a time like when we were either closet totally. or when we were in georgia or st louis or wherever it is and totally. now gauging in your 30s what actual yeah. actually serves you Um, Yeah. And my my big, I have a big issue with like jealousy and comparing myself to other people. Like that's mm -hmm. like, that is like truly probably my biggest issue I have. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes though from, again, it's like, that's one of those things where it's like, like you just said, recognizing the survival techniques and, you know, when that particular survival technique was helpful and not helpful. And I think, you know, for me, like the when I'm super jealous, like it's I think it definitely comes back to the like growing up gay where you're like, Well, I'm the only I'm the only gay. Right. You know? And so like when other gay people are like selling T V shows or starring in movies and and you're not and you wanna be, it's like, well, there's only room for one and it's exactly. like actually there's so much room for everybody, but it's so fucking hard to like actually process that because sometimes you just wanna be pissed off that the thing you worked really hard for isn't happening. And it's like, well, what the fuck? It, I mean, yeah. why not? And um, yeah, it sucks. I mean, is there any wiggle room in trying to get your work back from them or no? There's not. I talked to them about it. And the only, the yeah. only silver lining is that I, this was an idea that they approached me and I thought it was a scam and it turns out it wasn't. And so I, um, I sent them writing sample. I got the job. I was thrilled. Right. I like, you know, I mean, it's hilarious the timing of it. I had just had all these photos taken because I was about to start promoting it. And I told yeah. the photographer, I was like, and this is for my new book. I'm so, and she was like, okay, well, make sure you give me credit. I'm very excited for you. And I was like, of course, Carolina, I can't wait to see your name in this book. And then the day after <laughs> I got the email that, um, hey, we've laid off all these people and blah, blah, blah. So I had a phone call with them and you know, there is a chance they can re-release it in the future if, you know, when, but they don't want to promise me that. So that's why they're saying that it's canceled. But I had the silver lining is that I actually have been working on a second book that is my idea. I'm going to work on, you know, sending it to lit agents since I don't have one. And I would love to get a Mm -hmm. gorgeous big publishing deal. And even if I don't, which I think it should, I will self-publish it because it's that good of an idea. And I'm just going to, you know, ride that wave of optimism because it's on otherwise i'll be a meth head in georgia of course what um is the new idea fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. great love it so stay tuned i do i do though i have to say like all of these conversations are making me beg to ask you this question because we're talking about when we are in our closet spaces when we are mm-hmm. growing up i need to ask you the famous podcast question jeffrey self what Whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame, babe? (sighs) Who do we blame? I mean, I think there's a handful of folk. I mean, Shelley Duvall comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, I was very into that world, that fairy tale theater that I don't know if you remember the movie she did rock and rhyme, but no. all a very look it up. It's a fucking trip. Um, it's all, but that was all very formative and very queer and very odd. Um, I would say the community theater production of Annie and the woman that played Mrs. Hannigan. I, it, Mrs. Had Hannigan Mrs. Hannigan. it had to be Mrs. Hannigan. It had to be. Mrs. Um, yeah, she, I mean, and then, uh, you know, from that, every other version of Miss Hannigan. I mean, I think Miss Hannigan, and then, because then you watch the Carol Burnett movie and then you watch, you know, then you listen to the album, you listen to Dorothy Love. And I was, um, that was like, I was obsessed with performing that as a very young child and I would say that was probably the true beginning of like, oh, this kid is gurry. You know? uh, I'm so happy that guy. you had a community theater outlet because oh. that... Did you not? See, I... It's a, I mean, I had like... I didn't have the strength to... Actually, that's not true. I take it back. I fucking did. When I was in, I wasn't a, I wasn't super, super young. I auditioned for the St. Louis Muni. They did like the kid choruses. And I was like, I had this much talent, zero. I was so, I was like okay. eight years old and horrible. But I was like, I want to be on stage. Like I was shy at the time. I was yeah. just like, but I knew I wanted to be a gay person in a spotlight. And so yeah. I um, auditioned for the Muni kids and probably forgot the words and horribly. Yeah. And I didn't get cast. And I looked at my mailbox every day for months to see if I was going to get that letter. And it never came. I auditioned years later and did it in high school. But, um, you know, I did like an eighth grade, a theater class with all girls, except for me, uh, yeah. a summer thing. They showed us the wicked, um, this was like eighth or ninth grade. They showed us Wicked performing at the Tony Awards, and that oh, was fun. big. But you were doing community theater. Was was Miss Hannigan just a gay? Like, was the woman playing Miss Hannigan just like well, a gay fruit fly? Yeah. So she also was the music and drama teacher at my elementary and middle school. Huge. And so she was like the grand dame of the community theater as well. But. Not only was she that, she was our fucking teacher every day. And she was obsessed with me, obviously. <laughs> um, and I was like the number one favorite. And I, she played like Peter Pan. She played, <laughs> and like the community theater like had flying for the first time. Um, she was, I mean, she was it. She was like Ado Annie. I saw her do. So this oh, one played know. roles from age ranges of about 50 years. Yep, correct. But she was like the star of the community theater. Like, if you had her as the lead, you were like, "Oh, it's a good show." Like, this is going to be. Can you can you say her name? I I picture her. I don't want to say her name because it is a good name, but I don't want to say her name because now she. We haven't been in touch for a very long time since. Like, I probably haven't communicated with her since. I guess like when I was on Facebook, maybe, which was like eight years ago. Uh But I sometimes like. When I'm at home, I'll like use my mom's Instagram or use my, her Facebook and like go look her up. And she's a Trump supporter. Fuck, I knew you were gonna say that. And it's like a Don't bummer. It's such a bummer. Oh, yeah. The woman that flew as Peter Pan in Georgia is now supporting the man that. I know. Oh, I know. Wow. I know. I know. And so she was everything. I mean, she is 100% why I got into like theater and music and all this stuff that like i was obsessed with growing up as a kid was there a show that you did during this period either like middle school high school that you felt like you were a fucking star doing theater in georgia oh yeah oh yeah um the artful dodger and oliver huge i mean huge 
um, designed my own costume. <laughs> and then when I was like in, a, I think a freshman in high school, the community theater children's production was like a some horrible musical version of Sleeping Beauty. And I played the witch and they let me do it in like full drag. And I before Billy Porter, before Billy Porter. And I was, I was like so impressed with myself. And I do in like, when I think back on it, I'm like, I feel like that was probably really good. I feel like it was probably the most uninhibited performance I've probably ever given. Like, I don't, I think like I was tapping into something then that, it was like kind of in the middle of puberty, but it was before so much of the post pubescent shame yes. comes in. Jeff, that you yeah. are proving that all kids are gay, but the gay kids, the actual gay kids, are so beautifully expressive because they don't realize yet that they're not supposed to be. And that's exactly right. And that is what a gorgeous synergy that you got to play the witch. And drag eleganza, and you are correct. You were incredible. I don't have to see footage. Yeah, you were incredible. And I just the fact that you also like had a Shelley Duvall point of reference, mm. where you just we, it, you, we could you couldn't help being who you were. And thank fucking god that you followed that. I'm glad I followed that too. I mean, it it, it uh yeah that I, I think back on that like when I did that production is like truly probably the most confident i ever felt like and like i don't think i've i i think i've chased that ever since <laughs> like sure. i don't i don't i i when i think back on like the curtain call of that and being <sighs> like and like in retrospect probably like half the audience being like creeped out by this like <laughs> 14 year old boy in full drag in but like gown not thinking made. about it like not thinking about it just all like you were doing was thinking about the, the applause that you were hearing the as, you, honey. as your yeah, wig exactly. dragged on the floor exactly. um, <laughs> ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Well, I need to say that it led you to some stunning projects, one of which is, I mean, first of all, I'm going to ask you about a few things because I, I need to, it's in my contract. Um, one um, uh, is that you did Mac and Rita with Diane Keaton. The fact that you were able to share a screen with Diane Keaton is every gay man's dream, and I want to wish you a hearty congratulations. Thank you. I am uh, have been a huge Diane Keaton fan forever. Um, you know, I, I made a, a video YouTube documentary with my friend a few, like, how many years ago? Probably like seven years ago, where I went to Las Vegas, Nevada, to a liquor store off the freeway where Diane Keaton was signing bottles of her wine. She released a, <laughs> because she had had a red wine and then she was releasing a white wine. And so we drove there and like filmed it and made like a little 10 minute thing out of it. Um, Be honest. How was the wine? You know, the red was better than the white. The red was, it was like just table wines, but the red was, I mean, neither were great, but the red was better. The white was very Chardonnay-y. Sure. Um, I'm going to cough real quick. I've been so sick. Uh, I, had, I had the flu last week. Oh, God. Um, it sucked. I got it at Palm Spr- in Palm Springs. And so it's like a very homosexual flu, but not that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, so I had driven there. I'd done the thing I had like, you know, I was I like, had like, you know, a picture of her framed in my house, you know? And then a friend of mine who directed Mac and Rita out of the blue, uh, me and Augie, my husband were in the airport in New Zealand where we had been for a few months coming back to the States. And we, I'm like checking my email in line at like the airline no, I'm checking Instagram. And Katie, my friend who directed the movie, Katie Asselton, had DM'd me and was like, hey, this is random. Would you be uh, into doing a scene in this movie I'm directing? It's just one scene. It's at, toward the end of the movie. You have a couple funny things to do. And more importantly, it's just you and Diane Keaton. And I was like, someone. I mean, this felt it felt like a prank. Like, it, I, I truly... You fell to your knees in customs. Everyone thought like, you were having a, a medical what? emergency. What is happening? And then we did... So then I'm like, we're flying back. And it was like, to be shot in like... 
like a month. And so we fly back. We've left my dog with my family in Georgia while we've been in New Zealand because you can't come to New Zealand. And um, so we have to go there. And then this is like pre-vaccine. So this Mm -hmm. is like when things are starting to shoot again. But like, you know, it's very like touch and go. And so we then... I don't want to fly back to LA because I'm worried about getting COVID on the plane and not being able to film the day with Diane Keaton. So we drive cross country all the way back from Georgia to LA because I'm like, and I'm like refusing to go in gas stations or anything because I'm like, I'm not fucking this up. I'm not going to show up to set with Diane Keaton. You make Augie put on a gas mask every time. uh, 100%. I'm like, what, like literally when we got we, we we got back and i was like we're not leaving the house for for four days like we are not going anywhere i'm not gonna fucking fuck with this possibility and then i did it and we had this amazing day and i got to film with diane keaton on the fucking beach in santa monica um and then she was you know everything you wanted her to be and then like a few months later katie wrote me and was like you didn't tell me that you've done this whole video about your obsession with Diane Keaton and going to the wine store and all this stuff. She didn't even know about it. She just randomly had the idea of me playing this part. And then I was worried. I was like, oh, did that creep them out? Like, are they going to cut my scene? Because they're like, oh my God, we allowed her to be in a scene with like a creepy stalker. But they didn't. But I didn't get. I was gonna get to go to the premiere, but then I was in Canada filming something else, and I didn't get to. But I wondered if they would have told Diane Keaton that I was like the guy who made the video, or the wine guy, or if it would even matter. But anyway, well, the I biggest gag would have been that out. you never got COVID, you did the movie, and then they cut you because you're too big of a fan of hers. That would have been. That, the I mean, gag. that would have been truly tremendous. Just as bad as me canceling my book would be you. Uh, getting oh, I would have caught been... as a diane keaton face wearer oh i would have been truly devastated well i did come up with a new segment for this podcast inspired by jeffrey self and it's is called gay men in black i'm going to give okay. you an option of six diane keaton movies and you Ooh. have to choose which one that you would be allowed to remember all the other ones will be wiped from your memory a la men in black i'm gonna name yeah. off the diane keaton films you tell me jeffrey self which is the one you keep in your memory banks the options are the first wives club annie hall something's gotta give book club and the family stone again the first wives club Something's Gotta Give, Annie Hall, Book Club, and The Family Stone. Jeffrey? It's immediately narrowed down to two. It's immediately narrowed down to two. Which ones? So it's between First Wives Club and Annie Hall. Mm. Now, obviously, Annie Hall, it's problematic because we, you know, Woody, da-da-da-da-da. I happen to be a huge Woody Allen fan of, of the movies, not of the life um what if, what if you were only a fan of his life and you hated his films <laughs> haven't seen the movies but i love how the guy carries himself um <laughs> really I love the interesting story makes. <laughs> uh i guess for that reason i would go with first wives club and also with first wives club you get that and Goldie and Stockard while you're at and it and Stockard um, at the beginning and you get a, a white pantsuit sung to you don't own me totally. and I, I have my I have a Goldie tattoo back here stop so, 
I I guess that yeah, we got to go with first blood. I think it's a great answer. That is one of the movies that what would made be yours. Me, I mean, okay, well, it for me, my two shows that my taste is not as heightened as yours. I my two are. Um, first wives club or the family stone because i think the family stone is a christmas film that um it is is one of the it's underrated and it i think as a jew i like it because there's trauma in it like maybe i needed a little bit of a realness which is just a devastating family plot but um the family stone has done a lot for me and my husband and i actually fight about it a little bit because i don't think he's even seen it but the fact that Okay, well, that's I, crazy. It's crazy. I think he refuses to because he's heard... He, his family is so Christmassy that they're uh-huh. like, you know, they they need to watch all of classics and the yeah. very happy yeah. ones. But I'm like, when can we see Sarah Jessica Parker be an absolute bitch? When can we see Rachel McAdams face off with SJP? And then Diane Keaton having a tour de force with a gay deaf son? And cancer. And cancer, sign me up. I love that movie. Um, I'm a huge Christmas fan, like huge Christmas fan. In fact, I have a Christmas, a fake Christmas tree over here that I bought uh, that I just got delivered two days ago because I was like, let's go ahead, let's do the Congrats. Christmas decorations. Put it up last night. Didn't like it, so I took it back down. <laughs> and Are you going to get I'm, a new tree? I'm sending it back. I have a new one being delivered this afternoon. <laughs> yes, I <he> does. <laughs> I didn't like it. I'm very, I'm very into Christmas, and normally we would get a real tree. Well, I've done, I've gone back and forth between fake trees and real trees over the years, but we're not going to be here for Christmas this year, so it's like a little silly. But so I'm getting just like a, uh, I'm getting a silver tinsel tree, which I've had before and I love. Beautiful. I got this one over here is white, and I thought it would be similar to the same aesthetic as the silver, but it's not. It, it just isn't attractive. It's a little um, more sanitized. I think we, the, our relationship to Christmas is that I've always had to be super supportive because it is a big part of Matt's identity, and I am. But in yeah. New York, we he would force me to carry a huge real tree from Home Depot a mile and a half to our apartment in Queens because we didn't. We one time did get in the back of a scary man's van, and, and we thought it was the end. But in LA, he has allowed us to get a fake tree that he has already purchased and uh, um, mm-hmm. it's tall and slender and it's going to look gorgeous. By the way, if I may give a really shameless plug, we throw a very gorgeous holiday party here at our apartment every year and if oh. you happen to be in town, I am going to be sending you the details and Please you do. must uh, show up. I love that that's a plug. <laughs> like you're plugging your party. If I may plug my, oh. my social gathering. Um, that's funny. I, I do think, though, that your your choice of the First Wives Club is very, very strong. And that does lead me to the next famous podcast question, which is, Jeffrey Self, if the world was ending, you could only save one character actress, who would you save? Living or dead? Living or dead? Well, it's technically, I mean, it's like, is she a leading actress or is she a character actress? What is she? But because I think she deserves the fucking world and they won't give it to her. They'll give her a little bit of the world, but not the whole damn thing, which she does deserve. And so I would want to save her so that she has more time to receive the world would be Glenn close. Would be Glenn close. What about you? My latest controversial answer is, um, 
Alana Ubach because she oh she I deserves. I just she has done so much for me. <gasps> Alana Ubach on the fucking wall, right there in the clock. Have you seen that movie? Yes, I've seen this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> It's such a good movie. That's John Early's favorite movie. And I like this movie, but I'm not like obsessed with this movie. And my in my apartment before I moved into this house, they uh, in Echo Park, I had my downstairs neighbor was this like total, I think like a straight up meth dealer. And he would like knock on her door, like completely tweaked out of his mind out of nowhere all the time. And literally at like one in the morning, one night. I'm like watching TV, knock on my door. I open the door. He's like methed out. And I was like, hi, what's going on? He was like, I just, I thought you guys might want this. And he was holding this framed clock watchers poster. And I was like, I will take that, but please leave. (laughs) (laughs) As you slowly close the door in his tweaked out face. So I have that from my former methed out uh neighbor well i do love a good poster story which is so la my poster story that is somewhat related is speaking of diane keaton matt and i went to a event for book club when they were promoting book club Uh and Uh they were asking for what would you say is the book that you would like to read with your best friends Uh tweet it at this hashtag and i think i made a real housewives joke and a quippy, a quippy tweet, and I yeah. won the contest. And they gave me a um a, a swag bag that had a it was a gigantic, almost like beach bag that you could put over your shoulder that said book club in huge letters. It came wow. with a little wine cup. It came with a gigantic book club poster, and that was proudly in my my bedroom in New York. And people would always be like, "Why do you have?" I enjoyed book club a lot. Okay, I, I love. I went to the premiere of book club, oh, which is see, very. I knew you would fucking want brag, to brag. Talk Not, about compare to fair. I, wa- I wasn't invited. A friend of mine knew I would need to be there that helps, and that helps that helps me so i saw that and then i saw it literally i think two more times in theaters because i kept taking people <laughs> and then i'm not joking i pro- every time i'm on a plane almost i watch that movie i watch i have like three I movies watch on i plane always too. watch on planes book club i always i almost always watch if i don't watch book club it's the other one um uh let them all talk that meryl diane weist and candace bergen movie where they're on a boat have you seen that I've never seen it. I'm so disappointed. It's a masterpiece. I'll send you the info. It's wonderful. It came out during the pandemic. Steven Soderbergh directed it. It's super weird. The tone is very strange, but it's wonderful. I watch it all the time. Um, and then the other one that I often watch on planes, but it's it's hard to find on planes these days, is The Meddler with Susan Sarandon and Rose Byrne. <laughs> I love that Please, you're you know? finding the nichiest it's gay Sarandon. films on she- Delta. She lives, uh, Susan Sarandon's character lives, is like a mom who comes to visit her daughter and she lives at the Grove. Like she literally lives at the Grove. They they claim she lives at the Grove as if the Grove is like the Americano where you can live upstairs, which we all know is not the case. So I think she lives at like Park La Brea behind the Grove, but she like goes to the Grove every day. It's a great movie. I recommend it. And a dear friend of mine lives in that very spot. In Park La Brea? Yes, and I think we're going to smoke weed and watch that literally where that movie takes place. Oh, you must. Oh, you must. Also, Susan Sarandon fully plain Jewish and from New Jersey. <laughs> okay. And it's like, what? <laughs> um, and she she's great because Susan Sarandon's always great. But it's definitely like probably 
I can't imagine she was like the first idea when they wrote the movie. Like, who, who? I mean, obviously it wasn't a Jewish actor because they don't do that. But um, what? Shia. What Jewish actor, actress would have played? Would have been the like, first choice? Well, like Bet's Jewish, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I would. I would. I would have imagined that they would have maybe offered it to Bet. It went Bet, it, then it went to Whoopi Goldberg, and then it went to Susan Sarandon. <laughs> <laughs> which whoopi is jewish right she yeah. i've looked it up so many times i she fully like i think she at I, one point she was like claiming to be i think I she at one point claimed i think she like doesn't do organized religion but did sure. her last name goldberg because of that and um does probably enjoy some of the ideas of judaism and for and for that sure. i'll say she's jewish because i would love to claim her as one of us sure i mean i feel like she's you know she's hosted a shabbat a, 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 black, a black Shabbat, maybe, as they did on Housewives yeah. of New York. Um, yeah, wait, before, exactly. bef- there's two more things I want to make sure I ask you about. One is okay. you and your husband, Augie, are so gorgeous. Can you tell me how you met him? We met, it's not, well, it's kind of interesting. We met at a brunch uh, and we hooked up in the bathroom. And then. We went home together, and rewind, we basically rewind, been rewind. together ever since. You were it was a flip- brunch at a house. It was a brunch at a house, not at a restaurant. People so always you're think at I a mean, house. Like, we- you're yeah. enjoying the brunch, and then obviously the eyes are going across the table. Your banter is terrific. You know, you think each other is hot. Who goes to the bathroom first? I told him. I was like, I mean, it, it gets grosser than it gets more involved than that. That I'm not going to go into. But I basically was like, go in the bathroom, and we're going to hook up. And so hot. we did. Um, then I, yeah, I took him back. I was house sitting nearby where we were and took him back and we had a lovely hookup. We watched Showgirls. He'd never seen Showgirls. And then I, and then we went on a hike the next day and then about, I'd say two months later, he moved in with me. Wow. Okay. (laughs) But it was like, it was like. The two months later moving in was like, he was, it was like, we, we both were broke and it was just like, circumstantial. You also, I feel like when you watch Showgirls with someone for the first time, it kind of adds on like six months. It bonds. It definitely yeah. No, bonds. I did that with, I did that with Matt. We, I, I had never seen it and he showed me and we got married probably a week later. Um, yeah. I also need to bring up that you are in a movie that is very high up on my list it is called spoiler alert i just so excited cannot wait I, get to, so... I haven't seen it yet oh. everybody I, I know so many people who've seen it and i haven't gotten to go. well, haven't Is you seen like all the fucking brilliant marketing they're doing with all the, the, the tissues it's so smart i have yes and i've seen some bits of it like i had to go in and do like adr and shit but like i have not seen the whole movie but like they did like a screening the other night and all these friends of mine that were like where and i was like i didn't get to go to that Oh um, I want to see it, but I'm going to go to the premiere. Yes, you York. are. And for anyone who, for some reason, hasn't seen the very good trailer yet, it's with Jim Parsons. It's Bill Irwin. It is Sally fucking Field. Field. It's Ben Aldrich. Michael Showalter is... directed it. Oh, I. It's just um, you know what it is. It, it really proves your point, like we were saying before about when you are watching gay stories, queer stories, mm. and you're like, "Fuck, I wish I could have been a part of." There's not going to be anything else. I had a few yeah. people, and like they were trying to be nice, but they're like, "Wait, you didn't even get an audition for Bros?" And I was like, 
no. Like I, it was like I I know I don't feel <laughs> yeah, like, good no, about for rubbing it. <laughs> yeah, in. no, I fucking yeah. didn't. Um, but totally. the fact I that totally we're seeing that. these these stories and these movies and like thank fucking God Jeffrey Self was in it. It was it something that you auditioned for? Like, what was the story booking? I was obsessed with the book um, when it came out, and then when I saw they were making it in a movie, like my first thought was like being pissed off that I wasn't in it. Um, <laughs> Like, it hadn't been cast. It just was like, <laughs> they're going to make this into a movie. And I was like, well, fuck them. And then... Um, I don't even want to be in it. it. Yeah, that's often how it goes for me. And then I actually didn't have to audition. They, It was because someone else was playing the part, and they dropped out pretty last minute. And I was, I'd was i worked with uh, Michael Showalter on Search Party, and, and I sort of... No, I didn't really know anybody else, I guess. And then... Uh, I think I would imagine I was, I was the Susan Sarandon choice in the meddler. Like I was probably like five people down the line, but I'll take it. However it, exactly. However it happened, we do not ask, we do receive. Um, this is, this is so thrilling. I just can't imagine. I'm going to be fucking there opening in December. I, it's, it's such the, the, I actually have, if I'm being honest, I haven't read the book, but the story, the trailer, it looks yeah. so great. And I cannot wait to message you how much I loved it. Yeah, it's like a, I think it's going to be like a Terms of Endearment, Steel Magnolia Z movie that people like watch over and over anytime you want to have a good cry. It's like I, that kind and of that vibe. is something, obviously, I'm right now in that place. So I can't wait to extend this yeah. depression until next month. Um, Jeffrey Self, I am so sad that I have to end this interview. But before I say goodbye to you, I need to ask you the question I did not prep you on, which is Jeffrey Self, what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Ooh, oh, there's so many. Um, I mean, Whoopi, besides Diane, is one of my number ones, Whoopi and Diane and Rosie O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. And it's been it's been hard for me because Rosie and Whoopi no longer get along. Um, I would say Whoopi's best film. I mean her her performance in Color Purple is like she's really tapping into something acting wise that is like so raw that no one else can do. Mm-hmm. But then I love her in a comedy, but I mean I don't think it gets it's such an obvious answer, but I don't think it gets any better than Sister Act or Sister Act Two. Like I think it's, it's just really like. I was as hoping good as you would gets. go there, and you did, and you gave me you gave me a gift upon gift upon gifts. Uh, yeah, I love her. I love her very much. Jeffrey Self, thank you so much for coming on. That's a gay ass podcast. Can you tell us where I, the people can follow you, or what you want them to look out for the most? Uh, people can follow me on Instagram at Jeffrey Self. Um, I'm no longer on Twitter or Facebook or any of that other stuff. And that's but, on uh, self care. That's um, self care. Listen, folks. everyone, a breakfast buffet is oh, out. Oh, and listen with to breakfast buffet. Yeah, 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 yeah. and Jeffrey Self. You need to listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Every fucking Tuesday, it's coming out. And yeah. Jeffrey, you're everything and more. And thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for being so nice and uh, send me the info about your party. And I'm sorry about your book stuff, but it's going to work out. <laughs> thank you. It's going to work out. I can't wait You're to tell you the that, next thing. that it worked out. Oh, thank you for saying that. Bless. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of That's a Gay Ass Podcast. We have a couple episodes left until season two ends and then kicking off season three with that live show January 19th. If you haven't left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or click subscribe, do that now. We got some amazing guests for the last couple episodes, and it would just be something to add more gayness to this world. 
I'm sending you all the love. Take care of yourselves. Happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate. And I'll see you next week. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.